Father, we, we love you today. We say it all the time, God. We love who you are. We love what you are doing, God. We love what you promised to do in us. And Father, just to realize that, that you not only save us, but you have given us by your Holy Spirit the fruit of your spirit, your very character and nature. And so, God, as, as we've preached through it, we, we just invite your love, your perfect love to, to eradicate every fear. We invite your joy to infect us and to fill us. And, God, today, we pray that we would have an experience of your peace deeply in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, today's fruit of the Spirit is peace from Galatians 5.22, uh, which reads, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. So let's talk about peace for a minute. Um, if you walk out these doors, uh, you know, go out and ask the average person on the street, what comes to mind when you think of peace? You will get some interesting answers that are fairly consistent. Um, you, you, of course, will have somebody say, well, you know, I, I just think of flower children from the 70s living out of a VW bus. Um, I think of, of, of gentle little creatures taking gentle little sips out of a gentle little stream. Um, I think of people around the globe holding hands, singing, all you need is love. Uh, Maybe organizations come to mind. The United Way, uh, the United Nations, uh, the Peace Corps. Um, Maybe, you know, if if you're just like a a Broadway fan, you, you just dream of a new beginning an ending to, to the, the uh, uh, West Side Story, right? The sharks and the jets just finally get to get along together, right? That is the world's concept of peace. It always involves some mixture of an absence of conflict, war, trouble, and chaos, and the presence of calm, peace, tranquility, and beauty. Most folks out there, this is what comes to mind. I mean, we already know with every every beauty queen hopeful, right, that this is a version of world peace that they all want. And see, the the problem with with that concept, it's great, and it feels really good, but we never get it. It it never works out that way for us down here. Um, Tragically, unfortunately, we just cannot seem to secure peace for ourselves, And you can look in any direction and just think about it, but militarily, right? We've had all these military advancements, right, that are supposed to deter war. You know, we have all these peace talks, right, and treaties, and yet despite all of that and all of these centuries, some nation is always invading some other nation or threatening to attack just... It it, it never works. You know, you think about in our own lives, you know, there has been an incredible explosion when it comes to mental health and emotional health of of counseling, right? Therapy. We're still out of sorts with ourselves. We're still out of sorts with other people. Peace in our world is very hard to come by, and it's next to impossible to hold on to. Even, Even when we look back, and we claim that there has been world peace, it's pretty much a delusion. I think of, I thought of this week, Pax, <clears throat> Pax Romana. You ever heard of that? Roman peace from way, way, way back. And Pax Romana was a time in history where Rome had defeated every major enemy, and so they didn't have war 
For 200 years, two centuries, no war, Roman peace, yay! Well, the real story is, okay, behind the scenes, um, the way they kept their peace was quite interesting. Um, anybody who was even rumored to be a political rival um, was executed. They just got rid of them, okay? Um, you know, if there was any little group, uh, the Roman soldiers were, were famous for brutal suppression of anybody who was out of sorts with Caesar. I mean, it was, that was it, you're gone. And, and then, of course, Rome did practice um, a, a sweet little thing called imperial conquest during that time. And what that means is that they simply went in any nation who was too small to fight back, they just took them over, right? That was the truth of Roman peace. As the, the Scottish warrior Gaucacus said at the time, yeah, the, the Romans uh, create desolation, but they just call it peace, right? That's Roman peace. Well, I have good news for you today, okay? And the good news is this. There is lasting peace, true peace, real peace, and it is all over the Bible. A stunning uh, 249 times the theme of peace comes up in Scripture. Old Testament, New Testament, it is all over the place. But here's the twist. Um, it is not world peace, okay? It is not our version of world peace. God's peace and the peace of this world have very, very little in common, okay? Now, since I've already talked about world peace, I wanna talk to you about God's peace. Um, to begin with, God's peace is not rooted in peaceful situations. Like, in, so in other words, there is no war, that means it's God's peace. Or, I'm having a really good day, that's God's peace. It is not rooted in people or circumstances. God's peace is rooted in God himself. That's why we read the Apostle Paul time and time again using this phrase, and the phrase is, the God of peace. Over and over and over again, Paul calls God the God of peace. If you want some references, uh, Romans 15.33, uh, Romans 16.20, 2 Corinthians uh, 13.11, Philippians 4.9. Um, of course, with Christmas time slowly coming, we will read this about Jesus, won't we? Isaiah 9.6, Isaiah calls the Messiah... The coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, the what? The Prince of Peace. And so it's no surprise when God refers to the message of Christ and the message of from Christ, he calls it the gospel of peace, Ephesians 6.15, meaning again that peace comes from God. It's not going to come to us from any other source. And this gospel of peace, by the way, calls us into a life that is centered on Christ. That, that, that's why we are called to walk in the ways of Christ and the word of God. Why? Because it results in peace. I know sometimes as Christians we just think, we, 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 we still buy that other side like, oh, if only there was no chaos, any trouble, if my kids acted just right, if my life was filled with bunny rabbits, you know, and quiet meadows. But again, no, the, 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 the peace from the word of God is instead about a life for you and me of increased wholeness, of inner soundness, of being. It, it, it's about inner tranquility and, and deepening relationships with God and other people. 
It's, it's you and I walking in the will of God and experiencing every blessing, every benefit that God has for us. And so what happens to us, this, this transition, this transfer begins to happen as we grow out of this, this aimless pursuit and this false belief of world peace and we grow into greater truths. And greater truths when it comes to peace, here's one of them, that God is at work in all things. That he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, no matter what is happening around you. No matter who's freaking out, no matter what nation's doing what, that, that God is at work. It's, it's this deeper knowledge for you and I that there is nothing that comes our way as Christians that doesn't first pass through the hands of God before it gets to us. It's also knowing the truth about some of the turmoil and some of the chaos and the craziness in our world that it's, it's, it's due to sin. Sin brings a lot of that chaos, but godliness brings peace. And so we order our lives around the word of God again and the ways of God. And it's also embracing the truth that for you and I as Christians, we sang it today, and we hear it right in the word of God that life will still get stormy for us as Christians. Chaos will still happen. Crisis and tragedy will strike every life at times, but who is Lord of all? Jesus. Who is Lord ab above all and through all and in all? It is Jesus Christ. I wish I had come up with this illustration today, but unfortunately I didn't. Um, the great 20th century preacher, and if you haven't heard of him, I mean great 20th century preacher. His name is Dr. Peter Marshall, and he often told, a, he had a favorite story about peace, and he dropped it a bunch in his sermons. And the story goes this way. It was that early in the 20th century, uh, an art contest was announced nationwide. It was going to be a big one, and there was going to be a big prize. And the theme of this nationwide art contest, all paintings, by the way, was going to be peace. So uh, submit paintings depicting peace, and we would just see who wins. And so all these paintings were submitted over like a six-month period, and it's everything you would expect, right? Um, there, were, there were tranquil countrysides, you know, a, a, a soft little quiet cottage by a meadow, um, tons of wildlife and creatures. There were, there were all those landscapes, you know, the, the windless dawn as the sun is coming up, exploding in color. But none of those paintings won. The painting that won depicted a raging storm. Trees were bent over in the storm by the lashing wind and rain. Lightning is cracking across this black sky. And just off the center of the painting is this giant tree. And in the crook of the tree is a bird's nest. And a mother bird is spreading her wings over her babies. That, said Dr. Peter Marshall, is a perfect picture of the peace that God has promised his children, his church, you and I. And see, that, that's what Jesus means. You know, when he, when he says in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give you peace as the world gives. You know, that world peace mindset. I give you my peace. So therefore, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
This is what Paul is talking about in Philippians 4, 5b. He makes a statement. Sometimes we miss the statement and we memorize the other part of the passage, but the statement is, the Lord is near. Just let that sit. The Lord is near. The Lord is here. The Lord is near. The Lord is with you. Then he goes on, verses 6 and 7, so do not be anxious about anything, but instead, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all earthly understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that's just simply stating what we're looking at, what we're singing about today, that God is near. And he pours peace into those who seek him in the midst of life's storms. There you go. Now, before, before I wrap, um, before I wrap it up, I'm sorry. Sounded like we were getting ready to break into some different worship there. Sorry, Marv. Before I wrap it up, I want to make one more uh, point about peace, and it's extremely important, okay? It's very important about God's peace, and I'm going to make it from history, again, from World War II. Um, what led to World War II was not just uh, one man, Adolf Hitler, who was a total maniac. Um, he definitely started it, right? But um, it was also a tragically flawed understanding of peace by one other man. Um, that one other man was Neville Chamberlain. He was England's prime minister at the time. And so what happened is, in the very beginning, Hitler is rumbling, right? He's threatening. He's going to do this or that. You know, he's, he's starting to make his move. Well, Neville Chamberlain uh, chose the political strategy of appeasement with Hitler. Now, if you don't know what appeasement is, appeasement means that is when you try to soothe an enemy aggressor by making concessions, um, concessions are giving them anything they want to make them go away and to calm down. Uh, basically, politically, it's becoming passive. A, a wet dish rag, right? Uh, look the other way. Nothing's happening here. You know, ignore the police tape. Do anything to avoid conflict. Here's the problem with appeasement, okay? If you don't know this, here's a lesson for you. It doesn't work. It has never worked, and it didn't work in this case, Hitler just, you know, I mean, he really rose up and he came forward and all kind of stuff starts happening. Well, with Neville Chamberlain, eventually he gets voted out of office for being a weenie, okay? Um, so he gets voted out, and, and Winston Churchill is elected. And Winston Churchill rightly understood that appeasement wouldn't work with an enemy like this. Instead, it would have to be engagement, and so he led England, and others joined later on, but he led them then into a seemingly hopeless campaign to engage the enemy, and they won. They secured peace. Now, as, as awesome as that is, understand this. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, did the very same thing. Churchill was taking his cues from Jesus, I am convinced, um, because Jesus did this against the enemy of our souls, the enemy of God, Satan, and we know what Satan did. Satan initiated, uh, his initial move against mankind was to tempt us into sin, right? God's holding out on you. God's not good. Guys, you know, God's really holding you back. And, and once we took the bait, right, we literally bit into the apple, sin was unleashed on planet Earth with a vengeance, 
Okay, so we have a problem, right? We, we have a spiritual war happening. Well, what does God do about it? Uh, he, he doesn't invite Satan to come over and let's have some peace talks, you know? He, he doesn't at all uh, engage. Instead, um, the defeat of Satan happened through the cross of Jesus Christ. Think about that. I mean, as Donnie said this week in our preaching team meeting, there was nothing peaceful about the cross of Jesus Christ and what happened to him, and yet through that engagement against the enemy of our souls and the death of Christ, what happened? We have peace with God. We have peace with God. Colossians 1.20, through Jesus Christ, God reconciled to himself all things by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Get that. Jesus made peace. And then what does he do? He calls you and I to be peacemakers, doesn't he? Peacemakers. Now, we do that in a number of ways. Uh, first of all, we do that within the church. We make peace. We keep peace among ourselves in the church when we walk out Ephesians 4.3 and Romans 14.9. When we make every effort to keep the bond of unity through the spirit of peace, um, when we make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual, mutual edification. Notice it doesn't say, you know, try a couple things here and there. Make every effort. And we do that as a body, as Christians, when we do what? When we serve one another. When we put one another before ourselves. Paul calls it preferring one another. We do that. Um, we do that when, at times, we, we get over ourselves. And our pettiness, you know, and our little offenses, and we forgive one another. We, we also do that a lot in leadership as we deal with things in the body that are wrong. These are all different ways that we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts and in our minds. So that covers kind of church in a nutshell, but how do we make peace out there? You know, I mean, a lot of folks out there aren't really marching to the, the drumbeat of the gospel. You know, they don't belong to Christ. How do we make peace in our world? Well, there are two things we don't do. Um, first of all, thank you, Neville Chamberlain, for a phenomenal negative example, passivity. We do not do passivity. Um, passivity doesn't work. So what we don't do is we don't look the other way as Christians when things are wrong. We don't look the other way when people that we know and love or maybe even live next to, next door to, we don't know yet whether we love them or whatever, but we, we, we don't let them spiral out of control. There's nothing peaceful about that, loving about letting people destroy themselves and other people. So passivity is just, it's just not the way of the gospel. But you know what else isn't the way of the gospel? Powering up, you know, as Christians like meeting force with force, and, and fury with fury, and anger with anger, and volume with volume. What we do, we've actually already heard it from Philippians 4. We make peace by, first of all, remembering for you and I as Christians, God is near. God is here. God, God is with me in this moment. And then, instead of caving into anxiety or anger, we go to God in prayer with the situation. We ask God what to do. We thank God that he already has the solution, and then we wait for God's peace to fall on us with any other instructions. And y'all, the instructions will be very different from time to time on how we make peace. There's not one size fits all. Every situation, every person is different. So I'm going to give you an example from my life. Um, back in college, 
um, back in the last century. Uh, so back at, at ASU, Appalachian State University, um, I had really just come back to Christ. I'd had a prodigal season in my life where I was a maniac and wild, but I'd come back to Christ. Jesus had, I, had become Lord of my life, and I was on fire for Jesus. I was so excited about him. And I was also working for Domino's Pizza. I was a delivery guy. So one Friday night, I took eight pizzas to a campus party, all right? So I drive up with these eight pizzas, and I pulled up to the party, and four members of the football team are there to receive the pizzas. So I tell the guys, I say, okay, guys, here's how much it costs. And one of them said, no, little man. <laughs> little man, what the? <laughs> are you kidding, Chris? Look at that, are you kidding me? Uh, he said, no, little man, tonight the pizzas are free. So I did the math. There are four of them, one of me, there's nobody else around. And these guys are also very drunk. So I said, okay, fine. So I went back to the, to the store and my manager goes, well, there's only one of two things I'm gonna do. I'll either call the police or you can pay for it. And you can tell me tomorrow night when you show up for your, uh, for your shift. So I went home from work. I'm, I'm really traumatized. So I just spent a couple of hours that night just praying. You know, just walking, really walking out uh, Philippians 4 in prayer, asking for God's wisdom, giving him a situation, thanking him for knowing what to do. Holy Spirit, lead me, and I got nothing. Nothing. I mean, I might as well have been praying to the lectern. It was like, well, there we go. So the next day, Saturday, Jane and I go, where is Jane? Are you here, baby? Uh, yeah. Okay, so the next day, this lovely woman right here and I, we go to the football game. Appalachian wins, as they did yesterday, by the way. So Appalachian wins the game. We're making our way out of the stadium, and there he is. There's the guy in football pads walking off. There, he's right there. And, and so, so I see him. I'm like, that's the guy who ripped me off. And immediately in that moment, I was filled with the peace and the courage of God. I'm not kidding. The Holy Spirit came upon me. I had peace like a river, and I had courage like a lion, and I vaulted the wall and went right down on the, on the football stadium right there. I walked up to the guy, and again, remember, I am filled with the peace of God, the courage of God, and now in this moment, I actually have the love of God for this guy. I do. So I walked up to him, and I said, hey, you remember me from last night? And he turns and looks at me, and I said, listen, man, I get it. I get it. You guys have been drinking. I'm sure you're all good guys, but I would hate to see you lose your place on this football team over pizza. Pay me today, and it all goes away. And again, just remember, just for dramatic effect, he's here, and I'm down here, all right? So, you know, I, I say it to him, but, but it was a God moment. I mean, God, God was in every bit of that moment. So what happened is he paid me that day and it all went away. Brothers and sisters, that is the peace of God. That is the peace of God in action and that's peace making in action. What I, what I wanna leave with you today is we cannot go out there in the world and make peace unless peace happens to us first. We, we are called to have, to experience God's peace in this place for as long as we're in this place. And I mean the planet. And, and then after having that experience, to then go out there and to make peace, to be filled, led, directed, and empowered by God to really make a difference out there. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good. Let me pray for us. Uh, Holy Spirit, we invite you.
uh, into our space today, into our whole being, into every situation. We invite you into every relationship. Lord, as we said last week, we give you everything and everyone. Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your joy. Fill us with your peace. Make peace in us. We just ask for this fruit to ripen in our lives. And then for us to be the church of Jesus Christ, filled, empowered, overflowing with your Holy Spirit, your goodness, on mission with you, Jesus. In Christ's name, amen.